to Destiny Moments with Angel Murchison. Today on the broadcast I have Robin Beckwith and Beth Menenfield. It's great to have you on the show today. Thank you for Thank having you. us. Today we're going to talk about Esther, but before we do that, let's open in prayer. Father, we thank you that this is a day that the Lord has made, and we will rejoice and be glad in it. Yes, Father, we pray today that our broadcast would be an encouragement to someone. We pray, Lord, that it would be a word of hope to someone. And Lord, we ask you to use us today for your kingdom and your glory. In Jesus' name, in Jesus amen. Name. Thank you, Lord. Well, a few years ago, we began to meet together and talk about what God had next for us. And we believe that the word he gave us was as the scepter was extended to Esther, he has extended that scepter to us. Robin, talk to me about that. Well, um, at first, for a long time, we've been meeting for several years now. I've lost count. And uh, recently, um, during Purim, we met for prayer as we always do. And I think that God has shown us why he extended the scepter to us. And it wasn't just to pray for the nation of Israel, but for all of the nations. And uh, that the Haman spirit that was in the time of Esther is here today in abortion. That it is killing the nations. And that we're coming together to pray for the nations, not just in the United States, but across the world, um, to come against this Haman spirit of abortion. Well, I remember that day just like it was yesterday. We met at your home, and I had just left a women's retreat where many of the children, many of these women had youth that were lost, that were, they had grown up in the church, they had been actively involved, they were on drugs, they were very wayward. And the parents, some of them were facing prison sentences, and the, the parents were just devastated. Mm -hmm. And I remember uh, the speaker talking about, about that scepter. And then I met with you and Beth, and I just so remember that day. It was so vivid, so vivid in my mind. You each brought a word, and together we had a whole picture. And today I believe that's what God is saying. You know, we need each other. Mm -hmm. And mm -hmm. abortion is... It's rampant all over, in every country, in every uh, city and town. And today we know that it is that spirit. And we want to, we want to do our part in bringing the truth. Right, yeah. And <clears throat> I, feel, I feel strong about reaching the young teenage girls that think that it's normal. You know, because the rest of the world does it, that it's okay. But they don't realize the bondage and the scars that are attached to the decisions they make or the decisions a parent is making for them. The, the parents, the family needs to be before the contraception, before these young girls and boys are engaging in sex. Uh, they need to know the consequences before they happen and it needs to be spoken the family unit you know not in the schools the school shouldn't be making those decisions the government shouldn't be making those decisions for our children the family should be making those decisions and they need to be informed truly of the consequences because we know today that there's many 
women that are scarred from having abortion. Mm -hmm. It's not you go in the clinic and it's done and over. They're carrying these scars into the rest of their life. And they need to come out and speak the truth so these other young people coming up will know the truth and can make a true, concise decision mm -hmm. and have all the facts before them and not be blinded by politics. It leaves scars and it does cause incredible amount of pain for women and for girls and I agree we need to reach the youth, we need to reach teens at a very early age. Mm -hmm. Most of the time it's the emotional and the spiritual scars that are deeper than any of the physical scars that are left. Right. But we thank God we serve a God who is our Redeemer and He can make a difference in the, in the lives of those that will turn to Him. Right. But there's so many who don't know the Lord, so they don't have access to that healing. And um, they're spending time and money and years, you know, in counseling that's not helping. And what they really need is the Lord to come into their heart, their life, yeah. and to touch them and heal them. He can fill that void. He can feel that empty space and and cover that wound, that scar, you know, mm -hmm. and the healing can begin truly. I remember going to visit a woman in a mental health facility and this young lady was sitting there rocking. She was just rocking and she kept saying, I wish I'd never done it. I wish I'd never done it. I killed my child. I killed my child. And, um, you know, I, as I walked by her that day, I... I felt her pain. I felt what, you know, she was regretting what she had done, but, you know, here she was in a mental health facility, um, and I pray that she did find that freedom, because mm -hmm. there is freedom for women that have had an abortion, but I do really believe that we do need to get the information out there, and that we need to be proactive in telling these young women this is not the road to go. And I guess, though, we need um, to continue in prayer and seeking the Lord on what avenues to take to reach the young people mm -hmm. um, with the truth. And, um, you know, they have pregnancy care centers across the nation, and they're doing an excellent job um, at what they do. But I think we as parents and family and the church family, needs to do more to educate our young people because they say that the abortion rate in the, is the same outside the church, in the church. You know, there's no different. And so we need to reach them at a young age. We need to find out how to do that. I believe that's where our prayers come in because just like Esther was one woman mm -hmm. and she saved a whole nation. There are three of us here, but God uses our prayers to reach in places that we could never go physically. Um, and I believe it is for such a time as this that he's called us to prayer and to this ministry. I remember a year ago or more I went to Israel. And before I left, Beth, you gave me some items that were for uh, a, a mother that I would meet or a woman that I would meet that they were bibs that said, Mommy, I love you on them. And, 
little shirts that said, Mommy, I love you on them. And there's a lot of pregnant women. There's a lot of women between Prescott and Maine and Israel. <laughs> but it was in that Holocaust museum that this lady to my left, I'll never forget it. It was just like, it was so plain that those items were for her. And as I spoke to her, she was from uh, Jaffa, Israel. She was an unwed mom. And it wasn't a long conversation, but I asked her on behalf of my friend from the USA, would you accept this gift for her, her baby? And she was carrying a girl. Mm -hmm. And, you know, that was a divine appointment. Mm -hmm. That was a divine appointment with destiny. The Lord said, it's not by might, it's not by power, but it's by my spirit. And I really believe it was the spirit of the Lord. I couldn't even begin to imagine what that woman was thinking as she looked um, at the items that had happened in that Holocaust Museum to her ancestors. I mean, that must have been, um, and really, abortion is a Holocaust. Mm -hmm. It is, it is uh, taking lives, mm -hmm. it's destroying destiny, it is um, giving a, a child it's like taking a child and, and taking away all its rights, mm -hmm. that they have no future, no right to live. And, mm -hmm. um, I, just, I just really believe today, as, as we have met together, that it is like an Esther. It's, it's for such a time as this. Mm -hmm. Amen. And I think that um, we're just touching on the surface of what abortion does. You know, what it also does to the family, what it has done to the male population, it's taken away their rights also, and their voice. And the fathers, the men need to speak up for their own rights as fathers. And, um, and what it's done to our economy. Uh, you know, we have an elder a population, and we don't have a younger population to take care of this mm -hmm. elder population. So um, I'm not an economist, but I think any one of them could explain it better of what impact it has had um, on our nation and not to say, you know, the whole world. So abortion doesn't just affect that one little life, it affects many lives. And, and we reap what we sow. Read some scripture from Master to our viewers and listeners today, Robin. Some of the scriptures that the Lord has highlighted uh, to us or to you through this book of Esther? Um, <clears throat> right here, uh, where Mordecai persuades Esther to help. Um, when Mordecai learned of all that had been done, he tore his clothes and put on sackcloth and ashes and went out into the city, wailing loud, loudly and bitterly. But he went only as far as the king's gate, because no one clothed in sackcloth was allowed to enter in. In every province to which the edict and the order of the king came, there was great mourning among the Jews with fasting, weeping, and wailing. Many laid in sackcloth and ashes. When Esther's maids and eunuchs came and told her about Mordecai, she was in great distress. She sent clothes for him to put on instead of his sackcloth, but he would not accept them. Then Esther summoned Haddock, one of the king's eunuchs, assigned to attend her, and ordered him to find out what was troubling Mordecai and why. So Haddock went out to Mordecai in the open square of the city, in front of the king's gate. 
Mordecai told him everything that had happened to him, including the exact amount of money Haman had promised to pay into the royal treasury for the destruction of the Jews. He also gave him a copy of the text of the edict for their annihilation, which had been published in Susa, to show to Esther and to explain to her, and he told him to urge her to go into the king's presence to beg for mercy and plead with him for her people. Haddock went back and reported to Esther what Mordecai had said. Then she instructed him to say to Mordecai, All the king's officials and the people of the royal providence know that for any man or woman who approaches the king in the inner court without being summoned, the king has but one law, that he be put to death. The only exception to this is for the king to extend the gold scepter to him and spare his life. And this is what the Lord told us many years ago. He extended the scepter so that we may come before our king, the Lord. And when Esther's words were reported to Mordecai, he sent back this answer. Do not think that because you are in the king's house, you alone of all the Jews will escape. For if you remain silent at this time, relief and deliverance for the Jews will arise from another place. But you and your father's family will perish. And who knows but that you have come to a royal position for such a time as this. So then Esther goes and asks them all to fast for three days. And she fasts for three days. And she goes before the king. And he does extend the scepter to her. And so I think, you know, this word is telling us we're saved. We know that uh, who our king is, who our Lord is. But just because we're saved doesn't mean that we can just sit back and let others perish. We need to do what God has called us to do at such a time as this. Mm -hmm. Well, Beth, what's some insight that, that the Lord has shown you through this these years of this Esther call? And, and you're a woman of, of prayer and of faith, and you work for women and children, and... Tell me a little bit of some of what God has shown you. Um, well, through our prayers, he's definitely shown us a lot about the call of Esther. Um, and like I said, you know, many times we think we're just ordinary women and we can't really do anything. But when when God's spirit is upon you, you can become powerful. And, and even if we don't go physically to other nations or we don't save this nation, we can touch the lives that, that come in contact with us every day. Yes. We all, you know, come in contact with people on a daily basis. There are many hurting women out there, many who have had abortions, or just in a period in their life where um, they're just in a bad place and they need hope and they need encouragement. And I believe that God's called us to give that. Yes. And to strengthen the, the woman that has that has chose to keep her child. You know, I do believe that we need to, in, in our churches, in our communities, uh, in our government programs, support these women that have made the right choice. Even though um, it's difficult, it's, it's hard um, financially sometimes, I believe that, that that's where the church, even the pregnancy care centers, they can come in and say, you know what, we, we want to help you. Um, we, we see that you have a little one or you have two little ones and, and we want to just come alongside of you and we want to help you and to help uh, promote uh, family and, and to 
to, to bring support both uh, emotion, emotionally but spiritually. And, you know, love is action. We can say we love you, mm -hmm. but you know what? If we're not there to help you when you're hurting, that's right. What does it say? Right. And I think um, we need to do more than just give a handout. We need to give them information to empower them to be able to raise their families and to go forward and to strengthen themselves and and join the call. You know, not uh, not to just be dependent, but to learn to be independent and to grow strong as women. Today, Robin and Beth, we know that we just recently heard about this Esther call, this meeting being taken, taken place in Dallas, Texas, yeah. where 39 women will walk for 39 days that these uh, women have had abortions, and it has affected their life tremendously. And Lou Engle, as he puts the call um, to women that have had abortions, to women that feel uh, called to, to pray against this issue, as he calls them to Dallas. You know, we're believing as we join our faith with theirs that there's going to be change. Mm -hmm. I think you made a really good point earlier, too, that we can't just say, don't have an abortion and not be there to help when they choose not to because there's a baby that's going to need to be taken care of. Mm -hmm. And not just as an infant, but they need care, you know, into adulthood. Because a lot of times, um, women are either single or on their own, and sometimes without family to help, so. Mm -hmm. Right. And it is true, you know, it, it, I've heard churches, I've heard pastors say, you know, our church is only as strong as the family unit. And, you know, there's many women in the in churches today, as, as we've talked about earlier, uh, that have never told. You know, they're they're hiding. They're they're in pain. They're dealing with shame, and they're hiding. Um, they don't want anyone to know their secret. And yet, the Bible is clear that confess your faults one to another, that you may be healed. Mm -hmm. And and today, we don't want to bring any condemnation to any woman that has had an abortion. We want to say there is healing for you, there is hope in your future, and that God does have a purpose and a plan and a destiny for them. And so we, we do want to emphasize that, that we're not, um, that we're not telling women that, they're, that they've lost any hope. There is healing at the cross for them today. Speak to me a little bit more about that, Beth. We all need grace. And I thank God I have a pastor that preaches on grace a lot because I've, I've had to call on that. But I think that's the thing where you were talking about in the churches that there are so many abortions too. Um, we need to be able to extend that grace that a person, if they find themselves pregnant, that they wouldn't feel like they had to hide it, but that they would be able to find love and help and mercy in, in the church family. I remember one day, I felt very strong that the Lord had told me to confess my fault to another and that person came back and rejected me and that was so painful mm -hmm. and you know we have to be very careful in the church that uh, rejection isn't part of isn't part of what we do that we're we accept you know where did Christ minister he wasn't with the um, elite he was out in in the trenches you know he went um, you know looking to minister. 
and you know whatever you do unto the least of them you've done unto and you know what I have been the least you've been the least and, and we've all been the least mm -hmm. and so we, we can't forget where we came from we can't forget um, the pit and, and to, to how far God can extend his arm because it is not too short that he can extend it to anyone that is viewing us or listening to us today well, what's some more wisdom you'd like to impart, Robin, with us today? Well, I think we've laid our case out, you know, why we, God has brought us together. And um, we want to, you know, call others to unite with us in prayer and seeking the Lord on what is the next step. How can we reach these young people to let them know that um, the church is not condemning them. We want to love them, we want to help them, and we want to reach out to them. And we want to give them information. We need to. We need a way to do that. So I think that we need to continue in prayer and, and asking God, how do we do this? How do we put our feet and hands in action, as you said, and actually, you know, where the rubber meets the road? and uh, help these young people. Well, the Bible says my people perish for lack of knowledge. And it is true. It, it's education, it's knowledge, getting the information, the, the uh, information in the right hands. Mm -hmm. And, you know, it's about life. And they need to know, um, it, it would be nice if we could reach them before they're pregnant, you know that they would know the truth before that, so they don't have to come to a point where they're being pressured to make that sort of decision. And, um, but I think that we need um, to have a place where we can address every situation with them. Right. You know, the young, the older, the ones that have already had the abortion that are dealing with these uh, scars and her, and that need counsel. And, the young people who need encouragement and a place to find out the truth and and feel um, safe. Well, it's been wonderful to have you on the, the show today and I thank you for, for joining me and before we end today, let's take another uh, moment and, and end in prayer. Would you girls like to pray? Father, we just thank you that you have called us here for such a time as this and we pray that you would prepare the hearts of your people to to show your mercy and your grace. And, and Lord, we just speak in, into women who um, think that they're worthless, that you would speak life to them and encourage their hearts and help them to choose life for themselves and, and for those around them in the name of Jesus. Thank you, Robin and Beth, and thank you for joining us today. We hope you are encouraged by something that you heard or saw today. Join us again for another broadcast of Destiny Moments.